The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. Here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Doug Bell, who's the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Doug is a veteran CMO with a background in helping growth stage B2B SaaS companies reach their true potential, and I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the microphone and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. Okay, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Hello, marketers. My name is Doug Bell from Chief Outsiders, and today we're going to be hearing about the state of AI in marketing. Joining me is Ali Kelly, who is the CMO at Intensify, which provides B2B organizations with the most accurate, comprehensive buyer intelligence in the market today and solutions to act on that intelligence. And today, Allie and I are going to be talking about why marketing needs a data shift. Okay, here's my conversation with Allie Kelly, the CMO at Intensify. Allie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Doug. I'm really excited to be here. It's a great topic, and one we especially love to talk about on the MarTech podcast, and we're awash in it. We're awash in data. And so by the end of this episode, Allie, I'm fully expecting you to create a perfect roadmap for every marketer ever to navigate <laughs> data. Okay, that's too much. But let's get started. I'm really curious, in what ways has the overall marketing landscape evolved so that we really have to have this conversation about shifting towards more data-driven strategies? Yes. And I think it's hard to have this conversation and not sort of appreciate the momentum that we've seen in the market with the advent of some of the generative AI technologies, just because they are so relevant to data and how they use data. And it's really an application based on data, right? When I think about the shift and ebbs and flows of the market and how things have come to be, certainly in the past 20 years or so of my career, I really noticed that there was, I think, a pretty quick adoption of marketing automation, let's call it in general, right? But in hindsight, and relative to what we're looking at now with the advent of the generative AI tools and even really data-focused applications, so the six senses of the world, ABM is a strategy that's actually actionable. That's really where we've seen a much more rapid adoption of those technologies. And then when you take another step forward to the truly AI-driven and like generative AI technologies, it's just exponential adoption of those technologies. I mean, if you look at even chat GPT as an example, it's really democratized 
what was prior really difficult or complex technology to use. And now there's an entire universe of apps and applications and technologies that are just built around that for marketers for very specific applications, but also very broad applications. And it's, I think there is no more exciting time to be in go-to-market functions and efforts than right now. Is it a fair statement to say that marketers are awash in data and you mentioned AI and how that is in and of itself creating a lot of efficiencies, but also at the same time, its own data footprint? Is it fair to say that marketers are awash in data and are sort of struggling what to do with that data? I think the reality is for a long time, it was marketers were challenged by the fact that there was so much data. How do you work with this data? How do you make data actionable? And it's really all that same sort of challenge that we're looking to solve ultimately, but how we're doing it and how we're managing it. We have a little bit more of a mature lens on things. We have a little bit more flexibility in our thinking about how to test and really optimize and test again and refine over time what we're doing with data and how we approach it. So are we awash in data? Sure, but that's a great problem to have. And you mentioned account-based marketing earlier, and specifically as a tactic that, and I'm going to refer this to what you said, Ali, that is demanding better and better data so that marketers can't iterate more and more to the right answers. How much of a role has ABM played, say, compared to digital marketing, putting lots and lots of data in front of people? Do you think ABM has sort of, if you will, sharpened the metal of our approach, or has it created more data and confusion? I don't think that it's created more data and confusion. I think what it's done is create more of an opportunity than ever before. So most of the ABM technologies that we see now are really focused on what I'll call account level data, which I think leaves a big gap for marketers to turn that into action, right? Like no matter how much of a group or a company or an account you're selling to, you're ultimately selling to humans, like to other people. And you have to be able to activate that data in a way that's going to allow you to deliver a relevant and delightful customer experience that feels and is very personal and really helps you achieve your goals at the same time, ideally in a more efficient way with better effectiveness and all of those great things. But that's really where the gap is. And I think that that is sort of the promise of a lot of tools that we're seeing now is that, oh, there's all this data and you can see where people are on the buyer journey. And that's lovely and wonderful. But the challenge is really, what do you do with that? And I think that we look at where things are going and how we get there. That's really the solution that's needed in the market now that I haven't really seen many companies be able to deliver at scale effectively. What I think is always a struggle for marketers is really how to deploy the data. And we talked a bit, we introduced you a little bit earlier on talking about Intensify and its value prop, which is ultimately about creating a comprehensive view with the buyer. So just a moment ago, we talked about engagement versus intent data. What other things would you fill in there in terms of data that marketers need to form that, if you will, full comprehensive picture? There's all different types of signals that you can get from the market and data that you can ingest. And depending on where they come from there, I mean, the volume of data is so vast and it's growing so exponentially that it can be really difficult to distill what actually matters and what determines valid intent or valid placement in your prescribed buyer journey. And so 
when you think about how to architect that view and what that really looks like, what we want to do in an ideal situation is paint a picture that provides all of the context for you as the buyer. So what you ultimately want is to really understand intuitively just by looking at this sort of picture that you're painting is what to serve to an individual and how to serve it and when, right? So going beyond just right message to the right person at the right time, it's doing it in context. And I think that that's what the value, the opportunity that we can really capitalize on as marketers now is finding the best and most meaningful way to do that. And that is not going to be only done with first party data. You really need to have this variety of data to validate over time and showcase over time if you want to be able to use it in an actionable way. And understanding that just like all of our personalities, right, while we might be predictable at some level, there's always going to be nuance from person to person and buyer to buyer. And context really, really matters. And providing that context so that you can be more actionable with your data is, I think, really critical to being successful at scale with this sort of thing. Do you feel like marketers are better at one over the other? So I'm going to get out of this idea of engagement versus intent. Let's speak to first versus third party data. It feels like there's marketers that are very good at combining both into a single picture. It really is what you're talking about here. But do you feel like marketers just need to get better at that combination of balancing off-platform or third-party data and first-party data? I think they need to get better at it. I don't think anybody's doing it perfectly. And that's in part because we are sort of at the very beginning of this massive evolution, right? And we are trying to figure it out. And what matters one day might matter at a different level the next day. And I think that being able to balance that is a challenge and will continue to be a big challenge for everyone especially when the types of data that we're getting are changing and evolving all the time. And that can be a difficult thing to really make usable for everybody. I also think that the value that you place on your first party data in general, I think people can overvalue. And I don't think that they often understand the best way to augment that with third party data and how to turn it into signals in a meaningful way. And it's going to be applicable only to you as opposed to if a near competitor had the same type of data, would they come up with the exact same answer? And you want the answer to be no, right? Because you want the actions that are being signaled or the intent that's being signaled to mean something that is very specific to your buyer journey and different from your competitors. And I think that's another gap and another place that we have an opportunity to differentiate. Even things like what content or what message we're providing over what channel in a very nuanced way is something that you can derive based on intent and the signals that you're seeing along the customer journey. If your customers or your potential customers are researching one specific topic or a message that your competitor is putting into market is really resonating and you're seeing that they're looking at not just a competitor site, but they're researching an adjacent topic on social or they're talking about it on social or they're sharing it somewhere, right? That kind of thing really matters and it can really help you shape your messaging and your go-to-market strategy. It's just a question of balancing that data with your own proprietary data and really understanding what that means together. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. 
I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. The term that comes to mind, having talked to lots of marketers over the last several years about this, is the Franken data stack, which is we have these collections of amazing depth of data, but the skilled marketer who can potentially pull all this together. I mean, we're a rare group of folks that can pull this disparate data together. So let's accept for the moment that the Franken stack is real, the Franken data stack is real. I think what we're talking about here is we would rather have the Franken data stack to give us the full picture as opposed to not having the data, first of all. And yes, there's a certain amount of art in the background of pulling this data together and making it work. But as a part of what you do, you're seeing a lot of these Franken data stacks, sort of what's missing and what's overemphasized for marketers when it comes to these data stacks. So one, I think the volume of data is not the answer, right? More data all the time, everywhere is not the right answer. What we really need to be doing is thinking constructively about how to build foundations that allow us to have a flexible data mind. And what I mean by that is really being able to scale your efforts and your in whatever it is that you're doing, not just from a technology standpoint, but your go-to-market motions need to use different aspects of the data at different times in their cycles. You need to be able to really scale that and optimize based on those actions. So what's going to work for you one week to the next might change very easily based on what's happening in the market. And I think having a tech stack that supports that nimbleness is really important. I think right now, the technology that's out there does not really support this idea, right? This is my technology stack. It is a very foundational aspect, and it's very difficult to change your foundation if you've already built the house. So what we need is a little bit more of a a fluidity and malleable foundation that allows us to move the bricks around and get new windows when we need them and change whatever it is that we need to change either externally or internally, but still allows our house to stand and be the heart of our efforts in our home. So lightning round, ready? I don't know, we'll try. Let's unpack how people get to this ultimate vision of, and, and we're talking about ultimately data shifts and shifts can't happen until we have 
really a full picture of our data and understanding where to deploy data and how to deploy data, all that stuff. Easy, right? So lightning round, here we go. Have to have a data warehouse, yes or no? Adjacent, an adjacent technology. Got it. Talk to me about data models. And I'm going to just say my experience here is that people go for the technology, but have no idea how to deploy a good data model, a data hierarchy that integrates all this data together. Must have, or you can live without it. I think short-term, you can live without it. And then final lightning round questions for you, Allie. Tell me about how you would recommend marketers stringing all this together. Sort of what's the thing in the background you would recommend saying, okay, look, if I'm going to make a data shift, am I going to be able to actually have the right data on board? How am I stitching all these pieces together? Is this just having GA4 up at the same time with SEMrush, the same time with my business intelligence platform? Like, how do you stitch these things together for folks? For me, you stitch together with your BI tool. That to me is the thing that you cannot go without. You cannot rely on your out-of-the-box technology from your marketing automation, I don't care how good it is, or your CRM or your ERP. It needs to be its own standalone technology that allows you to look across your data to understand how you're mapping it and really look at it in a way that's going to be intuitive and also allows you to be very creative with how you're applying your data model. So BI to me is that tool that does that. A lot of people are listening and right now going, fantastic. I need a better data model. I need to have some sort of a data lake. Gee, what do I do? Is there a place that you can help marketers understand where to start from? Meaning, what's the thing you need to worry about most if you feel like your data picture is unclear? Can you answer the questions you're asking? That is the litmus test is, I have a question or I have a problem that I need an answer to. Can I get the answer that I want or that I need and, and is going to be useful to me? And that's how I start with everything that I'm doing from a marketing standpoint and everything that I'm building, right? Is what is the question that I'm asking in the first place? What is the problem I'm trying to solve in the first place? And if I don't have an answer, how do I get that answer and working my way back? So even from a good example of that is from a product development standpoint, I really encourage our teams to build all of the customer facing and internal facing FAQs ahead of scoping the product dev, which is counterintuitive. But the reason we do that is it helps us build technology and solutions that are going to give us the answers to those questions. And it's really going to be in like right in line with what those answers are. So I don't like unanswered questions. I'm super curious. And I think it's really important for all marketers to never give up on those questions and always be curious about things. I think it's a great point to take us out on here. I feel like what you're ultimately saying is you may have a great data set and you may have a lot of tools to address it, but if you can't answer those fundamental questions, you need to take a second look. Absolutely. I do want to go back and answer real quick why I said adjacent to your first question about whether or not we need a data warehouse. So when it comes to, again, as I said before, I really think we are in the very, very early stages of AI and sort of technology as it will be in the future. And for that reason, when we talk about existing technologies and smartphones are a great example, what we have now, while everybody has either an Apple or an Android operating system on their phone, that very well may not be what we have in 10 years or 15 years. And it might be completely different. And we look back on this period as like, oh my God, how did we get through the day with having to flip through all of these screens to find the app to do that one thing that I want to do, as opposed to just being able to get your phone to do the whole thing that you want it to do in one time. And I think what we use to manage our data now and, and how we look at that will be wildly different in a very, very short period of time. 
I think that's such a great point because what you're speaking to is the old way, which is, by the way, just a year ago that this model was blown up pretty hard by LLM, which is there's a lot of data that I can't get to. And that data is hidden in silos and it's hidden behind firewalls and it's hidden in my CMS and on and on and on. In order for us to be successful with AI, even from a customer engagement perspective, we need to do a better job exposing that data. And it's certainly a theme I think I'd love to have you come back and talk to about with us tomorrow. I'd love to do that. Okay, that wraps up this CMO gossip episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Allie Kelly from Intensify for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Allie and I are going to be talking about prepping for an AI-driven landscape. If you can't wait until our next episode would like to learn more about Allie, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in her show notes. You can also contact her on Twitter, where her handle is at A-K-R-I-Z-Z-L-E, or visit her company website at intensify.io. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. If you'd like to get in touch with Doug, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is Market Advocate. Or you could just visit his website, which is chiefoutsiders.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap. E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.